Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey, what's up? This is Damon Johnson from Black Star Riders, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Yeah. Hey, this is Ricky Warwick from Black Star Riders, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. That intro track that you hear on just about every episode of Talking Metal is, of course, the great Sean Baker. And the name of that song is Which Way to Radioland. It's this song right here. That one. Love the song. Love the song. Love Sean Baker's guitar work. I think he is one of the, the unsung heroes, one of the guitar heroes in waiting that we still just hasn't broken through to the mainstream, but, but really should because he's just so good. Love you, Sean. You're the best. And uh, love these guys on the show today, Damon and Ricky from Black Star Riders. What an honor to talk to these guys. Uh, hooked up with them in their hotel room in New York City on a Friday night. And we talked some rock and roll. We talked about their new record, The Killer Instinct, which is coming out in February. Wow, and I've heard it, guys. It is an insanely good record. There are a few records which are already kind of on my radar. I know we're only in January, but on my radar for the potential best record or you know, my top 10 list of 2015. And uh, this one is definitely a contender because it is really, really good. In some ways, maybe even better than the the album they did a, num- a couple years back. All hell breaks loose. I think I like it better. I'm not sure. It's definitely fresher to my ears. And again, I'm just I'm loving it, loving it. Great stuff. So when it comes out in February, do yourself a favor and pick up the Killer Instinct by Black Star Riders, formerly known as Thin Lizzy. 
and that Thin Lizzy spirit is still alive on this uh, new record. It's uh, it's on full, actually. It's great, great stuff. Speaking of Thin Lizzy, when you talk to people about Thin Lizzy, they usually talk about how great they were during the 70s, and there were so many great albums and, and tunes that they had back in the 1970s. However, you know, they've obviously kind of the spirit of Thin Lizzy is still alive today with with Black Star Riders, which Scott Gorham, the original Thin Lizzy member, is is still involved with and still going strong with Black Star Riders. But uh, I guess what I'm saying is Thin Lizzy had a, some stuff in the 80s, the early 80s, that a lot of times when I talk to people, rock fans, about Thin Lizzy, they seem to be uh, not so aware of the great great songs that came out on Renegade and Thunder and Lightning. And I talked to like hipsters who are into the whole, the, you know, old school rock and they're going out and buying their vinyl and stuff. And I say, oh yeah, my favorite Thin Lizzy records are, you know, Thunder and Lightning and Renegade. And they're like, huh, what are, what are those records? And if you don't know those two records, they're just awesome. I mean, Thunder and Lightning there's a number of bands like Kiss and like Thin Lizzy and even Rush for that matter that define themselves in the 70s with with just amazing and great music and showmanship and just rock star god antics. And when they came to the 80s, you know, and these younger bands that they influenced and they in a way gave birth to the the you know, new wave of British heavy metal and and the LA hard rock and glam metal and heavy metal bands out of LA. I mean, Thin Lizzy was a, a tremendous influence on, on both those scenes. And in some ways, and so was Kiss for that matter. And in some ways they adjusted in my humble opinion, I may be wrong about this, but are they, I don't think I'm wrong about it, but maybe the people in the band would disagree with me on this, but they adjusted their look and their sound slightly in, in the eighties to, kind of ride that wave of 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 the sounds that they had actually in a way given birth to in the 70s but had maybe changed and and been manipulated a little bit by by a younger group and and when Thin Lizzy did just that they put on a little more leather uh, uh, some bullet belts and and you know they got John Sykes in the band they put out what i consider one of their greatest records, The Thunder and Lightning from 1983. It's a it's an album that I discovered when I was a kid, and I still love it to this day. Uh, it holds up against any of the Thin Lizzy records, in my humble opinion, and it holds up against any of the hard rock and heavy metal records that were exploding in the early 80s. And in a lot of ways, puts those records to shame. It is just an insanely good record. Again, I'm talking about Thunder and Lightning from 1983 by Thin Lizzy. If you don't know the title track, go check it out. It, it'll just rock your socks off. John Sykes, who of course went on to do work with Whitesnake and Blue Murder. Um, and uh, this is a, a song off of that record. So let's check that out right now. We'll come back and talk a little bit more about uh, my big news, which I promised I'd announce to you. And uh, a few other things before we get into my interview with Ricky Warwick and Damon Johnson from Black Star Riders. Here's a little Thin Lizzy from 1983. 
This is the one. It doesn't get any better than that when it comes to rock music, my friends. Thin Lizzy. That song is off of the great, great, highly underrated record, Thunder and Lightning. Do yourself a favor and buy it. Oh, boy. And speaking of Thin Lizzy, Scott Gorham, of course, of Thin Lizzy fame, has his band Black Star Riders, which Thin Lizzy kind of evolved into, if you will. And we have Ricky and Damon on the show today. I met up with them in their hotel room in New York City on January 23rd, I believe it was. And two great guys. Loved hanging out with them, loved talking about them. It's rare that you get to an interview and the guy you're interviewing says, do you want a beer? Love that. Thank you for the beer, Ricky. And uh, yeah, they they are great guys. So we're going to get right into that interview in just a few minutes right here. But I wanted to mention my big news that I hinted about on the last episode and on Facebook is that I will be joining the crew of That Metal Show on VH1. This will be the first job I've done for VH1 since I believe 2004, going way back over 10 years. And yeah, I'm psyched, man. I'm completely psyched. I believe I appeared on a few VH1 shows in in uh in like maybe 2005 or something uh but the last show that i worked on as a producer was i think 100 most metal moments on vh1 i've done shows on on other networks of course since then some metal some not recently worked on kendra on top if you (laughs) happen to know that show but uh anyways the um I'm I'm thrilled. I'm completely psyched. I can't wait to work with Eddie Trunk, Don Jameson, my good buddies. Jim Florentine, I don't know. I look forward to meeting him. Jeff Bumgardner, the producer of that show, longtime buddy of mine. Uh, I, I'm completely psyched and honored and humbled to join the crew of that metal show as one of their producers. So I'm completely psyched, completely psyched, guys. I'll be handling all, all, all the online content, and then I'll be co-producing the show with uh, Eddie Trunk and and um, Jeff Bumgardner. My official title on the show is actually a coordinating producer, I think. So completely psyched. And I haven't started yet, but I uh, will start in February. And I don't know how much I'm going to actually talk about that metal show on Talking Metal because Talking Metal has nothing to do with VH1 Classic and VH1 Classic likes to uh, very much control the press and and all the talk that's done about their their properties. So uh, again, I'm just an employee on that show. I'll be working for them for the entire four-month stretch that season 14 is in production and of course, maybe I will hype the episodes, uh, you know, as as they're as they're coming on air. Um, and I hope that the schedule's not too insanely crazy that I have to, you know, cut back on talking metal. I don't want to do that. I want to continue this weekly podcast. So uh, yeah. So, anyways, great news, and I don't know. It's really, really big news for me. I'm sure it's maybe not that big of a deal to a lot of you listeners. I'm not going to be on the show in front of the camera, but I will be uh, working behind the scenes on that metal show. Funny how things uh, things work out. So there you go. And on that note, let's get into my interview with. Ricky and Damon from Black Star Riders. I know I originally said Rick Allen would be joining me on this episode 515. He will definitely be joining me, but it's going to be actually on the next episode 516. So stay tuned for that. 
And here we go, my interview with Black Star Riders, and we'll check out a little sound sample of some of their new music after the interview. Hey, this is Mark Striegel from Talking Metal, and we have Ricky and Damon from Black Star Riders. How are you guys doing today? Doing awesome, Mark. Good to see you, man. Yep, doing great. Thank you. Listen, the new record, The Killer Instinct, I had the privilege of listening to it. Sounds great. It comes out two, uh, February 24th of this year, and just excellent, excellent stuff. Let's start by talking about who you're working with producer-wise on this record. Yeah, man, we got to work with the much-decorated, heralded rock lord, Nick mm-hmm. Raskulinix. Um, it was an amazing experience, man. It, it took us no time to fully understand, you know, why that guy has worked with so many great bands and made so many great records. So we were, we were honored, man, really. And it was an incredible experience. You know, it was uh, all that we could have hoped for and more. Uh, he really digs in hands-on with every phase of making a great rock record, man. Tore the arrangements apart, first day of rehearsal, you know, or pre-production. And just passionate, man. Passionate about drum parts, passionate about microphones, about guitar sounds, about vocal, you know, getting vocal takes. He just, it's a pleasure, man. Um, I think I could speak for all five of us that none of us have ever made a record that was that much fun and uh you know to to just kind of get inside an experience where you go okay well this is how he made the record with rush this is how he made you know the alice in chains records right. uh, very cool man very cool yeah, i mean he's done so much great stuff from ghost to foo fighters to like rush like you mentioned and and does he keep it fun you mentioned fun because a lot of times you hear about these producers are real strict and fights happen in the studio but what you're saying it sounds like it's fun Ricky he's an amazing guy he's got an amazing personality very easy going very chilled um, just very relaxed but he's got great people skills he has that canny knack of talking you into doing something that you maybe don't want to do it's maybe out of your box out of your comfort zone and he's got that knack of before you know it you're you're playing that guitar you didn't want to play you're using that amp you're using that vocal mic you're singing that melody that you thought you, you didn't want to sing. He's crafty that way, but he does it in a great way. And uh, he, you know, there wasn't one raised voice in, in a month of, of being in the studio. There wasn't one storming off or you know, screw this or I don't like this. It was it was it was just harmonious. It was re- it was a, a month of uh, of creating art, making music, having a good time, being with good people, eating good food, working in a great studio. And, uh, you know, we, we went out one night, the whole night we were there, the whole month in Nashville, one night. And there was no need to because we were just in the studio. It was such a great vibe. You'd come back, you'd go to bed, you'd get up, you'd do it again the next day. And Nick was just very conducive to everybody having a good time, everybody feeling relaxed. And he's a funny guy as well, you know. Yeah, I have to add, man, that I haven't, I haven't shared this in a single interview that we've done for this whole album until right now. But I busted Nick on one of his tricks. You know, as Ricky mentioned, he's got great people skills, which he does. And, you know, instead of saying, that wasn't very good, let's try that again, Nick's trick is to go, well, how did it feel? <laughs> He'll ask you, if he asks you, how did it feel, that means he wants you to do another take. <laughs> great stuff. And now, you two guys did 
the majority of the songwriting for this this record, right? Yeah, yeah, we did, and you know, it kind of dates back to the debut album. It dates back to, uh, you know, I'll never forget that first conversation that Ricky and I had. I had just joined Thin Lizzy. Scott Gorham had proclaimed to all of us, he said, this is the lineup that I want to go in and, and possibly make a new album with. So Ricky knew instinctively that that meant, you know, we were gonna, the bar was going to be really high. We had, to, we had to get a lot of work done. So, you know, I think Scott could just sense that now he had not one but two guys in the band that had a real, uh, you know, su- substantial resume, just, not just as performers but as songwriters. And, you know, I say this with great humility. I mean, that's what Phil was, man. He was, I think the guy was a songwriter right. above everything else amazing about his skill set. So, you know, uh, the good news is that Ricky and I really fell into a chemistry easily um because we don't have we're not precious about the ideas ricky's always compiling lyrics so we there was never a shortage of anything and uh you know throwing riffs back and forth um you know all the songs were written on acoustic guitar before we would bring it in and and work it up with the band so and then you add some of scott's great contributions you know he came in with some some killer riffs on this album as well but um it is almost an indescribable honor and you know a privilege man to to have this band be so open to the songs that ricky and i are bringing in and you know it's just it's amazing writing with him it's it's really easy and very inspiring now ricky there's obviously this enormous thin lizzie legacy that's just so sacred and that's attached with what you guys are doing with with this band how much of that plays on you as you're writing these songs, as you're coming up with ideas, do you do you have to say, well, the, like you said, the bar is so high. Do you have to say, hey, this doesn't sound like the right style of song. We can't we can't use this. Is, does that play into the songwriting a lot or a little? That that it's a good, it's a good question. That that doesn't come into it so much. It's it's just whether it's it's good enough, whether the guys dig it, whether you know I've been doing this a while now, and I think that. I know if it's good enough. If I don't think it's good enough, I'm not even going to play it to those guys. Because right. it's what's the point, you know? I mean, it's I've got to be happy with it, and then, you know, I'll let those guys critique it. And and but the Phil thing, um, I look at it a different way. It's, it's a, he's an influence, and he's a he, he's he, he's there to guide me. And it's not so much that I'm trying to go. Well, you know, what would Phil have done? I'm like I'm influenced by his style, um, his persona. His delivery, which I thought was amazing, is just a big influence on me. So I'm carrying that, you know, and being and singing those songs for four years, right. um, it's kind of ingrained in, in who I am now. Right. Um, whether whether I like it or not, of course I love it. Um, so it's just part of me, and I don't even really think. I, no, I, I, certainly with the first album, yes, because of everything that was going on with the name change and you know the whole the whole thing then, but. After sort of six months when we'd started to establish Black Star Riders, that nervousness went away. And now I don't even really think about it, you know. I want the Thin Lizzy fans to love Black Star Riders. They're the reason we're getting to do this. They came on board. They supported the first album. We're always going to have that with Scott because of who he is and what he is. And he was just sounding Thin Lizzy. That guitar sounds, you know, Scott Gorham. So 
it's just it's just part of it, you know. And I don't overthink it too much, and I don't think about it anymore. It's a great honour, it's a great privilege, and, and you know, what a position to be in. What a, you know, you even asking me that question, yeah. you just asked me. Right. Yeah. Fifteen years, I've been like, what? You know, come on, man. Me singing Thin Lizzy, you know what? What fills, in, you know? So, it still freaks me out, but in a good way. Um, it doesn't scare me anymore. Now, now you mentioned having Scott in the band, just such a iconic figure. He is in his, you know, early sixties at this point. Would there ever be a time that you could see him possibly retiring from from rock and this band continuing without him? Is that something that could happen? You know, do you want to answer? You know, I was just going to say Scott talks about it. You know, he brings it up sometimes and. We're like, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, you know, we all, that's what we always say. Look, you're bro, you're going to play forever. You yeah. know, you're going to do the – we're going to get at least 10 more good years out of you, bro. Um, you know, we just feel like that as long as Scott wants to work and wants to tour, you know, that that not only do we want to do it for ourselves, but we, we want to do it for Scotty as well. Um, as Ricky touched on earlier, you know, we're fans of Scott Gorham as much as anyone else out there. And it's almost like we get to live these two different lives. We, we kind of shift gears into creative mode, and it's a different mindset. But then it's back to, hey, there's the guy, you know. Right. He's, he's on the stage with us. He's given us this gift of this opportunity to even attempt something like this. So um, and we, look, we look after him on the road. Yeah. I mean, we care about him. We make sure yeah, he's looked yeah. after and you know, when, you know, it, you know, because he's a few years older. But Scott's not done yet. You know, Scott is definitely not done yet. I mean, he to walk in and, and deliver a riff like Soldier's Town on the new album is Scott Gorham at his best. Yeah. And I still even I think he's still playing some of the best, writing the best riffs on the guitar of his, his life. Right. So he, to me, he's, you know, I don't even think about it because I think Scott will just keep going because I think he loves it and he lives for it. And I think he'll just keep going until he can't. You know, I literally, I literally just got a text from Scotty in the last hour, and he said, "I can't wait for us to to get together, man." He goes, "I'm bored out of my skull." You know, let's <laughs> let's do this. And I, I, want, I don't want to think about it. When that right. day comes, I'll you know we'll deal with it. If that day comes and when and when it comes or if, right. whatever, let's deal with that then. Because he's my bro, you know, and I don't want to ever think about right. him not being there. But what is? Yeah, yeah. sure. I got you. But it's a great question. Yeah, Robbie Crane uh, recently has come on board with you guys. He has a long history with many, many different bands. And uh, how did you come into contact with, with him? Was there a connection? Do you know him from working with him in the past? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I have met Robbie a couple of times through my great friend, Carrie Kelly, who I played with in Alice Cooper. And Carrie always talked about Robbie in all kinds of situations, not just musical, but just you know, hanging out, his, his, his spirit, his whole attitude or whatever. His name never crossed my mind, but Jimmy DeGrasso had actually played a couple gigs with Robbie. So, uh, you know, I didn't know Robbie well enough to even have a, a, a firm understanding of what his, mu- you know, his, his musicianship was even like. Man, I knew he had played with some big bands, but, man, he came in and jammed with us at uh, the Canyon Club, Canyon right? Club in the Gora Hills, yeah. Yeah, out in out in Los Angeles, and uh, as incredible as this might sound, you know, one of the I think the first song we played was "The Boys Are Back in Town," and Scott's body language, Scott Gorham's body language, instantly was like, "Yeah, yeah. 
there, there it is. Which blew my mind, man, because, you know, look, Black Star Writers is what it is, and we're always going to kind of be diverse and trying different stuff. But, man, that Lizzie stuff has a certain swing that it's just got to have. It's got to feel right to Scott above all. So it was mind-blowing, man. And you said it. This, hasn't, this song hasn't swung like this since, since Phil played it. Wow. And I was like, I guess Roby's got the gig then, you know what I mean? Right, yeah, right from Scotty's mouth, man, he, he, he said that. So, and then, you know, now that we've had a couple of tours to, to, to get to know Ravi, he's an incredible human being, just an amazing husband and father, passionate about music. And, you know, the other thing that blew us away about Ravi, he said, look, man, I've been in a couple cool things. He said, you know, if you'd asked me to play bass for Thin Lizzy, I, I would have been grateful he said but i don't know that that's what i would have wanted to do he said but i heard that debut black star writers album and was blown away and he said i i jumped at the opportunity to be a part of something like that so you can imagine how flattering that was for us even if he was full of shit to say it you know it sounded sounded great man so i'm like okay dude i love you let's do it here we go the mark of the man is this when we were making the killer instinct and the, the drums drum tracks went down and then damon and scott put on the rhythm guitars then the bass went on Robbie got all the tracks and, and locked himself away in his hotel room for four or five days. Not to learn the bass line of that song. He came in with three or four completely different bass lines for each song. Wow. All of them amazing. I went, which one do you want? <laughs> which one of these four do you want me to play? And they were all amazing. And that, you know, that is a commitment and a passion and a work ethic there that I know... Damon and I being that it's working class boys we are from where we're from that you instantly just fall in love with and go, yeah. this guy's special. Yeah. So you have Robbie on this record and obviously Nick producing um, probably both uh, add to the record in a, uh, and separate it a little bit from the All Hell Breaks Loose record. Sure. But what else do you feel is different about this new record from the first record? Well, a couple of things, you know, obviously the big difference simply being that we knew who we were as a band. You know, we were firmly aware of, of who we were and kind of where we wanted to go next. Whereas on the All Hell Breaks Loose album, we, we weren't even sure if anybody was going to listen. We just didn't know, man. There was just so many unknowns. Um, you know, the other thing that was different, man, is we had a little more time this time. Look, we're not a band that's ever going to take three months, four months, six months to make an album. Uh, as much as Scott Gorham would like for us to be. <laughs> it's just, you know, man, everybody plays great, has great instincts, and, uh, you know, we, we, we want to get it done. But, you know, I really got to take a minute and talk about the, the big difference the extra time made, especially for Jimmy DeGrasso. I think this is the best Jimmy DeGrasso studio performance of that guy's entire career. And no one has a fatter resume out of all of us than that guy different styles huge drum gigs man especially megadeth and suicidal tendencies i mean it's just it's like he's a drummer's drummer and the guy played out of his shoes on this record man it's just you know if we if we were going for the celtic thing he delivered if we were going for the groove thing he delivered if we were going for just impact stuff that was a little more melodic man he just he embraced it all and of course nick helped with that a lot man they were they had a lot of fun working together those two but uh huge difference on this record man right on hey damon i was always a big fan of your stuff that you did with brother kane i wanted to ask you 
do you miss not doing lead vocals? You know what, man? You're the first person that's ever asked me that question. You really are. And uh, I don't miss doing lead vocals. You have a great voice. Well, thank you, man. I, you know what? I get to do enough of that. You know, when, when BSR is not on the road, I do some solo stuff. And, uh, and it's a lot of fun, man. But this is the thing that I tell people all the time. You've got to remember that I became the singer for Brother Kane completely by default. Oh, yeah. I had never, you know, man, in the, playing in the clubs in the early days, you know, I would sing one or two songs just to give our singer a break. But I put Brother Kane together because I wanted to be Dwayne Allman. And I wanted to find somebody else to sing, you know. And, I, man, we went through a dozen guys. We even already had a development deal because the label liked some of our songs. And it was a fluke. The A&R guy heard me sing. Ironically, I sang Jailbreak at a gig oh, yeah. one night. And, you know, and I just sort of fell into it. So I'm grateful for that, man. I'm grateful that that I can sing and go out and do some stuff on my own. And contribute, you know, to this band, singing background vocals. It actually, I think, helps some, too, when Ricky and I are writing together, you know, making sure we get, you know, find the right key mm -hmm. that, that he's going to be able to get the story across. You know, we can always, you know, modulate or move stuff around. So it's, it's been helpful in a lot of ways. You know, I'll do some singing, and I appreciate that, man, a lot. But, you know, hand on my heart, bro, Ricky Warwick is the guy I was looking for 25 years yeah. ago. He just is, because this is what I wanted. I wanted to be a badass guitar player with a fucking badass front man. And here I am at 50 years old, and I finally got it. <laughs> and I agree. Ricky, you're the voice for this band for sure. And uh, you're going to uh, go do a music video, you mentioned. What, uh, any, yeah, can well, you reveal no, what song it's for? We're going to go and do two. We're going to do one for The Killer Instinct. And the next lead-off track off the album is going to be The Finest Hour. Okay, awesome. And we're going to do a video for that as well in... Italia in Milan, which is going to be very nice, and uh, we're doing with a good friend of ours, a guy called Danny Bullman, who is a he's, uh, he, he does many things. He's a great tattoo artist, but him and his his buddy um, also make movies. And uh, Danny's got a great understanding of what the band's about, and has known us for a long time. So I think he's going to do a very good job. Excellent stuff. And what about touring? Uh, plans to tour the states? Abs I, yeah, absolutely. Here in New York City, April thirtieth at Irving Plaza with Europe. Um, we're looking forward to that. Uh, we're doing the UK with Europe as well, and uh, then you know festivals Europe over over in Europe, the continent, not the band, right. <laughs> uh, in the summer. And definitely plans to 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 tour the US in a major way to the end of the summer, the fall. Absolutely, you know that's what we, you know. When you make a record like the Killer Instinct, as proud of it as we are, we just want to get out there and play it and let people hear it and you know spread the word. Absolutely, and I know you're tight with the the Def Leppard guys. I've heard I got Rick Allen coming on the next show after uh, after this one. I, I will. And any predictions on what style they might be going to? Yeah, I've for? heard some of the stuff. I was over at Joe's in April. Joe produced. Um, I did a couple of solo records this year, and Joe produced one of them. I did acoustic one, an electric uh -huh. one, and Joe produced the, the acoustic one. And he played me some of the stuff that they're working on, and it's really, really good. Would you, was it a vintage sound, would you call it? Or? There's no ballads. Yeah, I know. You know, they've kept it, they've kept it hard. They have, they have one song, um, which obviously I can't tell you the title of, right. but it's got a groove on it. I can only describe it as like an album bites the dust meet, meets almost like this is Radio Clash by The Clash, wow. which are very similar grooves. Yeah. But the hook and the lyric is genius. And I just heard it, and I was just like, oh, man, you 
bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. That's why you've sold seventy million albums, and right. you know I've sold twelve. You know, right. so. Um, but you know, I think I think everybody's going to be very not surprised because it's Def Leppard, but I just think they're going to make a very mean album this year. Thanks again, guys. We really appreciate you joining us. The album is called The Killer Instinct. It comes out on February 24th, 2015 on Nuclear Blast, and it sounds just incredible. Everyone has to check this record out. That's the title track off the new Black Star Riders record, which comes out in February, late February. The Killer Instinct. Great, great stuff. And you can actually buy that single that you heard right there. A little sound sample. It was about 90 seconds or so. You can actually buy that in full on iTunes, and we encourage you to do that. Help support what these guys are doing. They're... Uh, Full-length record for The Killer Instinct will be out in February. You can pre-order it on iTunes, and I'm sure probably on Amazon and stuff, too. Big thanks to Ricky and Damon for joining us. Uh, Honor meeting those guys, and I can't wait to see them live in concert in April in New York City. Right now, I want to play a little of Damon's music before, way before, long before he was in Black Star Riders. This is going way back. This is actually Damon, not just on guitar, but on vocals. This is a song. This is, listen to this guy's voice. Man, great guitar player, a great, great singer. This is And Fools Shine On by Brother Kane.
That was a little Brother Kane featuring Damon, who now plays in Black Star Riders, and he's on vocals on that one. In Black Star Riders, he is, of course, on guitar. What a voice on that guy. Man, love it. Love it. One talented dude. And one underrated band, Brother Kane. You know, they had a, they snuck on to, like, FM radio with uh, here and there a little bit. But great, they put out, I have, I don't know how many records they put out off the top of my head. I was just down in my CD room in my basement, and I have two of them that I bought back in the 90s, and uh, both were were really good. So um, good stuff. If you don't know Brother Kane, go check. I suggest you check out their, their record, Seeds. It is a good one. And also, check out The Killer Instinct. The single is now 
on iTunes, and the band is Black Star Riders. Guys, I appreciate you joining me on this episode of Talking Metal. On the very next episode, which I'm going to actually try to post like within a few days, we have the one and only Rick Allen from Def Leppard joining us for an interview. This is going back to the 70s. The band is Angel, and the song is The Tower. Epic. Listen to this. Raw, hard rock, going back to the mid-70s. Tower by the great band Angel. Slow.